1: Welcome in to Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Excellent
2: throw and catch just gets inside, uses his big body, no answer for number 87. And
1: former NFL linebacker Joe Mays.
3: Mays missed in first, and in typical North Dakota State toughness, Mays got up and stayed with it and got Newton from behind.
1: (laughs) Players Only, presented by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit.
2: What is happening, Kansas City? What's happening, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back. Players only in the building. We got Julio, man in the boards. We got Joe Mays, eight-year veteran, linebacker. We got Sean Barber. And we got <laughs> Danon Hughes, myself, six-year wide receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we are here for another week another players only show after another chiefs victory i won't really i mean I, I love disrespecting sean barber
3: like you just did that was a shady introduction oh my god that was real shady you don't know, you, you that, that was like he, in the he, weight he team introduction
2: he he got a hey, he's bragging about something today a little one-on-one not even one-on-one two-on-two that we had today that he got over like that song, the "Over like a fat rat." That's what he got over. He got over today.
4: AKA, I won.
2: You won. You yeah. beat him. Okay, yeah, Joe. yeah. But and, it's and one of them things. He, he learned.
3: He learned. He didn't
4: lose. So he check learned this out. Today. Check gotcha. this out,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Julio. Check this out. Because you're the only person I could talk to. Because these two linebackers, they stick together. we <laughs> uh, we playing. We we at a tennis deal. We're playing tennis. Okay. I get just about all the points. True. And then he says, "Okay, this next point for game." I think people that know tennis though knows that like a, 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 a you know
4: a game or a set goes to you know first you know fifteen thirty forty get you your violin. Yep. Julio, you got any violin um, sounds here? soundtracks out 15, there? 15, 30, 40. I won a game. Right. And then it was a limited time. They was like, hey, Sutton you didn't depth. win the game. Sut- you didn't win the game. It went to sudden. You had one. I had one. We won.
2: I won mine forty love okay 45 love or whatever after whatever whatever's after game love okay and i won mine won his 40 30 it's still one to one
3: yeah so i got like like
2: eight points and he got he wind up getting four and then he said okay next point wins
3: that's that's, the that's, how, the tennis that's how it goes. That's
2: how tennis goes, dog. He's
4: dog, a tennis baseball would
3: guy. does no. go
2: sets. He's uh, a
3: baseball guy. Don't worry. Don't worry.
4: I mean, you know this this is a sad truth. I let him burn himself out cuz he wanted he was showing early on he had this fire serve. He was coming and He was, he was up, moving he was out coming. of the way. I was moving out the way. I was like, "Man, I can't even hit this thing." Right. But then I then I saw a chink in the armor. He started to breathe hard. <laughs> Uh-oh. The condition oh Second Uh-oh. set, we turned it on, and then it was one to one, sudden death. Next point wins, and guess who won that next point?
3: It sound
2: like you did. He, won- <laughs> he he won the next point. He won the next point and didn't even touch the ball. his partner served? I uh, volleyed back to him, and the partner hit it back to my backhand, and I got it to hit it to the net. So he did. He hit probably two balls the entire the entire game.
3: Yep. It's players that, only, bro. That was that was that was perfect timing.
2: This <laughs> Players only. Yeah, just,
4: just.
3: Yeah, is commercial yet? Just
2: let that play. sink a in a little
3: bit, because he is getting <laughs> so hot over here.
2: I'm all right, man. I'm Wusan. Let me grab my ears under you these headphones. To. You need. I'm a Musa right, right. right now. Okay. I'm, right. That uh, <laughs> I'm a Musa right that, now. Because He got over. Put some topspin on that it's forehand. All right. Next time we're gonna have it on video. We're gonna show the world.
4: Man, an L is an L. I mean, anyway, guys, we got Eric B
2: enemy. we got some football to talk to talk <laughs> W's about in <and> players. <laughs> players only in the building, and this first quarter sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit, guys. All them shenanigans aside, mm-hmm. let's get down to the nuts and bolts of this Chiefs Bills recap. Good game.
3: It was. A lot closer than it should have been. Why you say that? I felt like the, I felt like the Chiefs dominated that game. I mean, you know, they they were able to run the ball for two hundred and fifty yards. I mean, that they haven't they haven't done that since how when since what,
2: ever. Um, no, First not time, ever. Two, Andy, I think it was two sixty four.
3: Yeah, I, yep. I, yeah. It, it's been a long time since that since that's happened. So and so for them to you know be able to hold on to the ball and and get that many rushing yards and and move up and down the field the way that th- the way that they were. I, I just felt like they made it a closer game, especially on yeah. defense when it came to the, to the flags. The flags is what kept the Bills in the game.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, and 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 the thing is, you want to blame, you know, you want to blame twenty one for for having all those flags, but I think at the end of the day, he was playing aggressive, and that's that that that, that type of thing happens when you play aggressive aggressive style of football. And plus, it was his second game back, uh, so it, it's it's okay. You know, the, the, with flags aside, they play well.
4: When when I look at the consistency, I, I mean, like again, I'm not a guy that wants to talk about the refs. You know, I don't want to blame the Raiders game on the refs. I don't want to blame it. But but our receivers consistently get chucked down the field beyond five yards, ten yards, fifteen yards. Get rerouted at the top of their routes, and I don't see a flag being thrown. And then the second any one of our defense is getting pushed off against, the, the, the on a, let me let me let me be very clear if a wide receiver pushes off on me, I'm going to grab your hand. Like, I'm not going to let you push off and just get a touchdown and have me looking like Boo Boo the Fool, mm-hmm. lo- looking around like, are you going to call the push-off, knowing they never call offensive. Yeah. So if you create contact with me, and that should be something that's definitely reviewable, and when a offensive guy creates initial contact, the defensive guy should be able to maintain that, content, that contact through the the catch. That's all I got to say about that.
3: I mean, you're not you supposed know. to touch after five yards as a defensive player. So, when you play that sticky man and you get a receiver that pushes off, of course it's going to happen where y'all close together and the refs may not see that. All they see is what the DB does, is which is grab, pull, tug. That's where the flag comes in. At.
2: Yeah, you know what? As a wide receiver, I am normally on the other side of the fence. And even during the broadcast, I'm in the booth with Mitch and we're going through... You know, play-by-play play and, and, you know, painting a picture of the game and the penalties, et cetera. And I had a change of heart during the game. Because, and this, is, this must be a holiday because <laughs> <laughs> cause I don't normally ever give any kind of uh, defensive backs any kind of love. And uh, I, I thought that the technique, like you said, first of all, I thought the wide receivers for the Bills flopped. They allowed the uh, elements to dictate the game to them. They released off the line of scrimmage many times with really what looked like no interest in getting open. Mm. Uh, when you you got you played in Denver, we all played in bad weather at some point. Um, when you when that is affecting you, especially on, on on the outside, you feel like you're running on skates and you. It winds up getting into your head, and you cannot get back focused into running full-speed routes, mm. planting and separating and getting the trust of your quarter, your quarterback. So I saw Stephon Diggs on several occasions release literally right into the chest of Bashar Breeland and then back into his chest 10 yards down the field. And I'm like, okay, well, what is the defensive back? What could he possibly do? I mean, Joe, you and I, we are socially socially distanced in the studio for everybody out there. But if we were playing bump and run, or even if I'm playing, I'm right across from you, and you want to run a 12-yard route, Mm -hmm. and you run right into my chest, like, why is that my fault? You know what I mean? And that's what I saw in the Bills game. Now, I will say this. It was definitely different. If you watch the physicality of the game with Mm -hmm. Bashar Breland and Traverius Ward, you can tell that they took the Raider game very personally, yep. because there wasn't any quick jams and reroutes in the Raider game. They were running scot free down the field, and they had the the three big plays. They made a concerted effort, and I played with James Hasty, I played with Dale Carter, I played with Albert Lewis, mm. Kevin Ross, absolute <laughs> Rottweiler slash Bulldog slash Pitbull yep. corners that lived yeah. to have their hand in your throat mm. a bump and run and so it seemed like those guys Bashar Breeland and Traverius Ward took last game personally and they wanted to make a statement and they was going to choke those receivers John Brown and 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 Stephon Diggs they looked like it like they were victims like they, they, their hands, like the strike plate, the strike is supposed to be right above the numbers on a quick jam. Yeah. They was purposely trying to get up into their throat. Yep, and, and you know what? I can appreciate it. Now, you know, until it gets to a point where you lose a game or something like that. But I can appreciate the idea of, hey, we wasn't physical last week and we let this Raider team that's not as good as us come in here and beat us for the first time in forever. And now we, if we go down, we're going down with, you know, almost assault. Uh, assault, uh, uh, you know, charges against us because we about to choke these wide receivers up in Western New York. It's a reason.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a reason why they played that tight. And of course, you you, you look back at the last game and they was letting those guys run scot free. It's a reason why they wasn't in, bu- in bump and run then. That's speed. Yeah. I mean, when you have speed to, speed to burn, it, it scares you a little bit. It kind of puts you on your heels. And I mean, and and at some point, you can, you kind of lose confidence in your ability to be able to keep up. If he just so has just so happened, you know, punch and whip. Yeah. Now you got an open receiver wide open down the field. So I think I think it was just they played against different receivers. You you wasn't playing receivers that can burn you. Yeah. And, especially and I, in
2: those conditions, yeah, those guys wasn't going to blow by him. Yeah. I mean, and they knew that. So that's why nope. they like barbershop. Like you said, he he run. He's running neck and neck down the sideline, hip to hip, and he extends his hand, and you notice Stephon Diggs. He didn't pull his hand away. Mm-hmm. As soon as he said st- he, he, he seemed really content with, I'm going to stiff-arm you. I'm going to try to separate from you. But if you happen to grab my hand, I'm going to leave it there mm-hmm. and then flop, throw my other hand up, and, and hope for a flag. So, yeah, we got the text line open, 913-576-7610. We got some call. We, don't have, oh, we got some text coming in as well already, and we'll definitely get to that. But um, in regards to this Chiefs-Bills game in this first quarter of the show, Just recapping, a lot of hype was around Josh Allen. Yeah, it was. Leading into these last two weeks, and they finally played. They didn't play the Raiders, even though the Raiders beat us, but they they finally played two teams that just so happened to be representing the AFC in the AFC Championship last year, and they pretty much showed their true colors. They got throttled by both. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Allen, he's a very inaccurate quarterback right now. I mean, you know, you would kind of expect for him to t- to take that next leap mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to accuracy and being able to throw those intermediate, mid, you know, mid-range footballs. But uh, I think right now he's only good on the deep ball. That's it, because he has the arm for it, and all you have really have to do is just throw it deep and allow your your receiver to get under it, which he almost completed one. And I thought it was going to be a, a pretty impressive pass too because he completed it just – he threw it off of one foot. With somebody right in his chest. With somebody right in his face. And he almost completed it. So from that, it's like he he can have those, those uh, flash plays where he throw a deep ball and he allow the receiver to make a play. But when it comes to him being accurate and throwing right in, in between the numbers of a receiver, that's where he tends to struggle and he got exposed.
4: Yeah, Josh Allen's going to be a guy that, um, when they're in mediocre, average teams, he's going to showcase, he's going to throw 400 yards, four touchdowns, when there's no pressure on him, that's when he shines in his best. Yep. You, you see the best of Josh Allen. Yep. When playoff football comes and he has to play the Houston Texans and he's turning it over and uh, lateraling the ball at the end of running plays or he's throwing it up for grabs, 50-50 balls at the end of a game when you're trying to come back and you throw a ball to Brashard Breeland mm-hmm. and it's getting intercepted by Dan sore. Like those type of mistakes is where his uh, lack of experience and maturity starts showing. And that's what I say on the pregame show. Uh, when I was talking about Josh Allen, is is when when things start getting rough, when situational ball starts to hit him, that's when his focus starts to get lost, mm. and 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 you start seeing the, the 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 flaws in Josh Allen's game. It's hard for me to think that you can coach him out of that because he's uber talented. He's so talented. He he can throw it flat-footed sixty yards. And when we talk about this, Josh Allen versus Pat Mahomes, who can throw it the furthest? My 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 only thing is. Let's put a trash can at 50, 60, 70, <laughs> yeah. 75 yards. And whoever comes closest to the trash can gets the point. Because I don't care if you can throw it 95 yards. If you overthrow it by 10 yards to the receiver every time, it doesn't matter how strong your arm is. You have to have that combination, touch, expectation, uh, distance,
2: yep. vision. vision. And yep. that's
4: what makes Pat Mahomes. It's like
2: the long drive champion. I so mean, they, they they can hit the ball a long ways, but in those Respect. in those uh contests, they got – Boundaries That's that right. they got to hit in. You're right. So the text line is open and the phone line, 913-576-7610. Just to cap off this recap of the Bills game, 466 total yards, 245 on the ground, 221 in the air. 37, we actually had the, the uh, ball on our side, time of possession, one full quarter longer than the Bills. That's how you win football games on the road in tough situations. So yes, big win for the Chiefs. They got a big game this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about in the second quarter of the show. We're going to come back and talk about social media distractions. There's this guy Le'Veon Bell that's come on. Antonio Brown is being courted by a few teams in preparation for him to be back in the league. And there's a there's some perceptions out there that I want to get you guys to chat about about the what the locker room structure is and when you're bringing in those type of players.
1: This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
2: There we go, Julio. Picking up the tempo a little bit. Bringing us back for the second quarter, Players Only, Joe Mays, Sean Barber, and I am Danon Hughes. We are in the building. We just got finished talking about the Chiefs' bills and recapping that game, but our friends at U.S. Bank, home ownership, starting a business, retirement, whatever your needs are, whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. We have the text line, phone lines open, 913-576-7610. The text line from the 816, Patrick got sacked once, but Allen throws a pick and, and had a better QBR. I uh, uh, don't pay attention to it. <laughs> we don't, we don't nah. pay attention at all Mm-mm. to stats. At all. Now, I th- I, you know, that's a fan thing, and sometimes that's a media thing. But players, was there ever a time you guys in the locker room, I don't ever remember a time when I was in the locker room and we talked about stats.
3: No. no, Didn't didn't care about it yet, nah. Nope.
2: Mm-mm. That's a good thing about players only. We'll tell you the real deal.
4: The real deal is uh, – Anybody can inflate stats. If you if you need to watch stats to feel good about your level of play, then you ain't part of no winning organization. Exactly. At the end of the day, you go out there. You, listen, I got to take a I got to take on the blocker so my man can come make a tackle. I wouldn't care if Joe had twenty five tackles at the end of the game, as long as we kept the other team out the end zone. And yep. I could I could take out the lead blockers every time, so he gonna make the tackle, and we just go chop it up, and we ready to go. But if I get a tackle and then we miss one and give up a touchdown, I'm not sitting there like, oh, at least I got it. I made
2: a tackle. I'm, more, yeah. you know, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares. The nobody only cares. I will say the only time that guys do care is when you get to week 16, week 17, and you start to come upon those incentives.
4: Contracts. Yep. yep.
2: You get. You start, You got. 100 grand, 500 grand because you can make, you got 100 tackles or you get, you know, you make a Pro Bowl or what have you. Yep. That's when it really comes into effect, but never, ever in regards to a specific game. No. Never, never.
3: Nope.
2: What else we got? We got, uh, y'all think uh, from the 573, y'all think opponents are going to stay with this defensive approach? Yep. I do think so. Yep. I mean, it's kind of working. It's working. <laughs> I will say this, it's working better than. The alternative was. And so, I mean, not that it's being really successful, but it's working better then. Yeah.
4: The the, the Ravens tried to come after us, right? They tried to, Houston tried to come after us, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't end well. That didn't work
3: well.
4: It definitely didn't end well for the Ravens. So, if if losing a tight ball game in the fourth quarter by 10 points is, um, and you give up 250 yards to the Chiefs' offense and if you feel like you're frustrating Pat Mahomes and that shortens the ball game, you feel like that keeps you in the ball game. And you're, I mean, honestly, if we look at that ball game, it, it, there was a turnover. It, it didn't count because his knee was down. Yeah. But that turnover
2: could have been in been. the
4: red. That could have been a, a a a monumental shift in that game. Yep. And that would have turned that whole thing around. So.
2: And that's what teams are waiting for. They're yep. they're saying we're not giving up big plays. We're going to let the ball be completed in front of us. We know you're going to kind of get yours. And we're just hoping that you make a mistake. A ball goes off somebody's hands. Patrick gets antsy. Whatever. or uh, You know, fumble. Yep. And then we can capitalize. Then we can seize that moment.
4: And also yep. the Kelsey fumble right before half. Didn't yeah. I
2: mean, it, so those two, it didn't cost us, but it, it could could've. have. It could. It <laughs> yep. could have. All right, we got the phone lines. We got Big Jacks. Big Jacks, what's going on? You want to talk about the running game in the O-line?
5: My man, Dana. What's up with it, brother? What's happening? Not much, man. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's hey, happening? Defi- Not much, bro. Hey, i tell you what, man. I said two weeks ago when uh, when, when Pat was getting out of pressure when they played the Raiders that one of the things they needed to do was establish the running game, which will help take some of the pressure off that offensive line. And, you know, the, the fact that people were getting to him with four – uh, just means to me that yeah, you are falling back and you're covering up everything, but if you you gotta figure out some kind of you can't just give up two fifty a week. You know, they, they just cannot continue to do that. So eventually the safety's gotta come up, linebackers gotta creep over, something's gotta happen in order to make that to stop that running game. And you get all of that before Le hits the field. So I just I, – I, it sounds crazy, but I don't know how you beat this team. Like, what do you do in order to stop this offense? Because it's absolutely ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I think it's just like we said. Thanks a lot, Big Jacks. Appreciate the call. Just like we were just talking about. They're, they are picking their poison. Yeah. And they're, they're believing that if we make the Chiefs nickel and dime down the field uh, – then we got a better chance. The more it's almost like the more we allow them to be on the field, the more chances we got that they would make a mistake that could cost them the game. Yeah. And like Barbershop pointed out, the fumble right before half that takes points off the board could have point could have been a six points um, swing with three points off of our side and then three points they could have added if they would have made their field goal. And then the the overturned fumble. From Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Could have been a game changer as well. And even though the Chiefs, going into that game, they had played four teams that were in the playoffs and had beaten them by 13-plus points, an average of, uh, they're playing tighter games. Games are tight in the NFL for the most part. They They are are tight. That doesn't mean that the teams are really good. That just means that the games are played tight. Tighter than... You know, some might think, especially mm-hmm. when you're playing some bad teams or teams that end up bad. So we got Marty, Marty from Nevada. What's going on, man?
5: Hey, Sean. Hey, hey, Danden. How are you? Doing all right, bro. Hey, just wanted to, you know, the, the Chiefs in our position. That you know they're they're playing real well. I just hope they keep the passion. You know, you know, just like you coaching the kids in baseball. You know, you just got to keep it. I figured that was you. And keep and,
2: you know. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Yes, Marty from Nevada. We go way back. He had a, a really, really good son. Played baseball down for the Nevada A's. If you ever, if you got some kids that play baseball, great complex down there in Nevada, not too far away. And we had some really, really cool battles. We appreciate the call, Marty. Yes, they do have to keep the fire. Uh, and I think they do. I mean, they've yeah. been talking the same yeah. talk the entire off season through uh, the COVID craziness, when all the questions were around whether we were even going to have a season. They want to repeat. Oh, they absolutely. want to establish a dynasty.
3: That's the only that's the only reason why you would play the game. I mean, of yeah. course, we play the, because we love it. But I think once you're there, once you're in it as a team, you want to win the championship. That's yeah. the that's the that's the end game. That's the biggest goal that you can reach out for. So. Yeah, every single player in that locker room want to get another one of those huge rings on their finger. Yep, and as long as they can can continue to play well and get and they can they can end up covering up every single finger if they like. They got sky's the limit. This team is well, is, is is essentially they're unbeatable. Now teams have come up with ways to kind of throw them off a little bit and, and and change the style of game. But if they really want to, if they apply themselves, if they come out focused with that with that intensity, that fire. Um, and and just being extremely focused, they can win every game here on out and they can win the championship.
2: You know, I mean, we all got kids, and I don't know if your kids are Avengers versus Marvel versus Star Wars type of people, but what do do we know? When they watch one of those that they really are endeared to, what do they want to see? They want to see when the next one's coming out. When Black Panther came out, everybody was – uh, going crazy over it. What was the, the conversation? When's the next one coming out? Once you get a taste of something really good, you want that taste again. You like you don't know how to function without getting that taste again. It's like a drug. And the players have tasted greatness. They've tasted the the pinnacle in the NFL and they've been on that stage. They want that taste again. I think I don't think a fi- the fire is going to die anytime no, soon. No time soon. Guys, we, got, and, and we, we ran a little long in this segment. We're going to take a break. But in the third quarter, like I, I, I teased the second quarter, and we, we didn't get to it, but we really, really appreciate the text line and the phone line, Big Jacks and Marty calling in. But I, I want to talk about the, the perception of the media then and now. We, we, we've been from the game for a long time, and uh, the media is a huge, huge factor in professional sports. Right, bigger now than it's ever been yep. but there's some perceptions out there that I think people would be surprised at how real it is and, and what the dynamic of the locker room so we didn't get to that but we're going to get to it after halftime we got Players Only, Barbershop Joe Mays, I'm um, Danon Hughes we'll be back after halftime
1: This is Players Only with Dana Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio
2: Halftime's over. Players only. We're back. Barbershop. Joe Mays. I am Daynon Hughes. We got the text line open. Our third quarter. Yep, yep, just man. took out halftime drinks. You know, toweled off a little bit. Got some um, high quality H2O. Now we're ready for the second half of the show. Sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Guys, we got the text line open, 913-576-7610. Got some activity tonight. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I see a
3: text from 913. Casey has the best QB in the NFL. Well, duh. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. If even if you lived under a rock, yep. you know Patrick Mahomes and you know that he's the best player in the NFL, let alone quarterback. So of course, yes. Um, Let's get to a text from another nine one three number, <laughs> and, and, and this one is pretty funny. We love you, Bink. We love you, Bink. Why is Bink talking erection problems in the gym locker room? <laughs> That's you know it's a it's a funny it's a funny text, but then again, guys in the locker room they do have conversations like this.
2: And Some they can go do. any
3: direction. And it can go in any direction. He can either get talked about. Or you can have someone that's going through something similar, and push them into the right direction. So it's not it's not something that's <laughs> not talked about. But then again, it doesn't have to. It doesn't got, happen that often.
2: Hey, you took five minutes to, to to explain to explain your way in and out of that text. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, what had happened? What had happened was, yeah.
3: I mean, it just it, this is hilarious. It, it happens, I guess. That's all. That's all I can say.
4: I'm a little distracted right now because I'm trying to find how to send my screenshot <laughs> of my fantasy football league to me and Dana. Let again. me tell you out can there. I, can I send that to the text line? all you can,
2: fans, from, for players only, the guests that we keep in the studio from week to week. Lee Summit League. He's in the Lee Summit League, one I'm a commissioner <laughs> in. Yep. And I'll. I, what did I get? Second place last year, oh, lost in the championship. Last year, last year. I don't know where Barbershop was. I'm bringing up But stuff. right now. <laughs> oh. As of week six, uh-huh. he's in second place at four and two, and I am at 11th place of 12 at two and four. <laughs> two and four, four and two, not too far away, but I screenshotted it. So you all remember in six weeks, I'm going to come back, and it's gonna, I'm going to be like a tornado in this studio oh. talking trash. We might use a whole segment for me to – I'll have some, some drawings on the dry erase board. I'm going to have it all. Hey Joe, let's let's just I'm going recap about uh, three minutes ago when he was <laughs> we, we can't even get
4: to our nah, topics we, we got some important nah, 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 topics. Come on, we, quick. we was like, hey man, you know, what's what y'all think about the game? We said, hey, you know what, some players in <sighs> Dana said, Man, my fantasy team, man, they stink. I got I got so many hurt players, and then I was like, Oh, is that the league we in? He's like, Yeah. He's like, Bobby, where you at? I was like, What? Well, you must not be at the top because <laughs> my team's doing well. So you must be stuck at the bottom with your old sorry team. We looked it up, I'm in second, he in 11th. And that's out of 12 teams, y'all. I
3: hey. think fantasy football was the worst the worst creation you could possibly come up with because it tears up homes, happy homes, and it breaks up hey. friendships.
4: Oh, man. We ain't never been friends.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, you Well, Okay, so that, that allows me to transition into some real topics because six <laughs> weeks from now we're going to get back into this. I'm going to put that <laughs> color purple root right on your team. Whatever you done did to me, barbershop, I'm going to come right back on you. Hey, uh, so – Here's the deal: We signed this really, really, really popular, really strong, really uh, just a great running back in Le'Veon Bell. And I was doing a an interview. A mm-hmm. uh, radio station called me. I did an interview, and they opened up in the vein of Le'Veon Bell has been a malcontent, blah blah blah, in other places. How's he going to fit? And with you know, with all due respect to the to the interview, we or uh, interviewer, I said. I don't remember him ever being a malcontent. Mm-mm. When he was in Pittsburgh, he was the bell cow. He got all the bulk of the runs. He got the bulk of the touches. And he was promised that he would not be put back as a franchise tag. And they reneged on that. And he held out for an entire season just to prove that point mm-hmm. on principle. They, they didn't tell the truth. Then he went to the Jets, and he's been a guy. When he's been healthy, he's been on the field, and he's been the bell cow there. So I don't, I don't recall. I think they were getting mixed up with Antonio Brown, probably, and Le'Veon Bell. Now I'm not saying that you know he's he's you know a choir boy or you know the the pinnacle of a teammate because I don't know that. I don't think anybody knows that except the people in Pittsburgh. But it brought me to a mindset of the perception of distractions. Or cancers to the locker room, and what's reality, yeah. you know, and and most of it comes from the media, and I guess we're part of it all to of some it. extent, all of it. But we have a different spin. As anybody that's listened to play has listened to players only over the last three years, we add a little different spin and different perspective than just your basic or regular media. But it just brought me to that whole cloudiness yeah. and and you know how the media perceives something. That's not real in the locker room. Like we already talked about earlier about us not really caring about stats. Like nobody talks about stats in the locker room unless it comes down to late in the season when you're about to have some incentives that you're you're given. And I've been a part of, I've seen and I've been a part of situations where teams have purposely changed packages, changed starting lineups, et cetera, for guys not to achieve their incentives. Mm-hmm. So it's a game within the game that happens, but there's a perception or an agenda that's thrown out there by media oftentimes uh, that players are a certain way and, you know, this is going to hurt the locker room and so on. And it's just not the case.
3: No, it's not. I mean, the media, they always put things out there that make you dislike a player. I mean, look at uh, um, Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, it was always things put out in the media about him being negative, him being this, him being that, but he just chose he he showed you who he were. That that was his true That's self. how he
2: was, yeah. That's who he this was. real.
3: And then when you talk to anybody that knows knows him, anyone that's in the locker room with him they, with him, they love him because he he appreciates guys. He always show love to every single teammate that he has. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to playing the game, he's all he's all about the team. It just so happened you don't like his personality, so now you're trying to create this uh, create some story about him being a cancer in the locker room. And or they do that just with a lot of other guys too. Yeah,
2: or it's just his personality is just totally different from some other guys. It well, is. heck, if you go to any Fortune five hundred company or any company here in Kansas City, you're probably going to see coworkers that have different personalities. True. I mean, it just hap- It's just like it is. But you guys have been in the locker room. I've been, you know, around some characters during my years of playing, and. um, None of them, I can't remember any of them, and I'm, a, I'm removed from the game 20-plus years now, I can't remove any, remember any of them being a locker room cancer. No. But I do remember media spin that they were. And what the media and the fans don't realize is that galvanizes the team. Like when you start talking trash about one of my teammates and I know for a fact that he's not what you, what you keep saying he is, you ain't been around them, you ain't heard them, you ain't talked to anybody else, etc. That galvanizes the team. That makes us stronger internally and at the same time it makes us go back to the the and I'm a baseball guy, the nuclelouche uh you know, type of speech when you ask a question with the media, we're going to give you all the conventional, regular, basic yep. vanilla answers because you tried to throw some salt into our into our family and we really don't appreciate it. Pretty much.
3: That's what happens. You you give the um, The sound answers, the answers that, you know, looks and sounds good when people are watching TV or listening to it on the radio. Like, those are the type of answers that you're going to get from guys because you're constantly putting things out there that's not real. Or you have these sources, and I do have, I got my quotation fingers up, yeah. you have these sources that speaks on these guys in the locker room when really there is no real source. Yeah. Or... Why would you even listen to someone that's anonymous? I would never listen to anybody that's anonymous. And that, anon- that anonymous person needs to put a name on them. Yep. Because there's no sense in you saying And they saying got that going bad. on in Dallas yeah. right
2: now, too, with that the happens, Cowboys and Mike, Mike McCarthy.
3: It happens a lot. And, I mean, but the media is right there. It's right there at the forefront of it. So they're continuing to push false news.
4: I think everybody realized the way social media is and the way the game has, you know, transformed now. Every everything has to be everybody wants information yep. right now. Right they want to an answer of who's practicing, who's playing, what is your game plan? And I think coaches, they do it they do it as, as you know, as good a job as possible trying to uh, have a working relationship with the media and they expose I mean the Kansas City Chiefs do a great job of putting players out in front of the media on a daily basis. Yeah. Ted Cruz on the team. Right? Yep. All those guys um, do a great job. The, the offense, defense coordinator, special teams coach every week has to, I mean, pretty much answer to the media on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And then our leaders, our key players after each game are put out there. Now, if you want to be a guy on the media and you want to do the, the shock jock type stuff and, and try to make a name because you want to uh, start some static in a team that's homogeneous and has everything going in right, and you want to be the guy that stirs the pot that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the team bond together and say, okay, buddy, like every time that guy answer a question, he's going to get yes, no, maybe, thank you, uh, next person. It's going to be something so generic, and he's going to realize, you know, your, your voice is no longer heard yeah. because we're not going to let you divide and split something, especially when there's no reason to bring that up. Yep. Um, with, with Le'Veon Bell, he was a player who for his whole career – Averaging uh, 300 carries a season, four point some yards a carry with a team that had uh, um, um, Antonio Brown. Um, Juju, um, a bunch of receivers, and, and he proved that he can carry a team on his back year after year after year. Yep. And Then you send him to a Jets team where there's not another weapon on the team, not a quarterback that can even threaten you down the Dysfunctional
2: field. Dysfunctional coaching.
4: Dysfunctional coaching, loaded boxes. Yep. Adam Gaze has shown not only with Miami could he not really manage talent and manage game plan, but he goes to the Jets and do the, the same, same thing. thing. And then you have the nerve to say, well, he, he's at 2.2 yards a carry for the first half of the season. He's got limited carries, so he must have lost... That has no. He didn't. Nothing, he yeah. has anything. 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 Yeah. It's yep. the environment. It's the yeah. team he's been a part of. That's it's, huge. That, and that's foolish for anybody yeah. in the media to even uh, um, um, to even think that that's a, 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 a level playing field or, or a way to gauge or uh, justify not bringing on a Le'Veon Bell talent to this ball club.
2: And and you know what? I, I was in. You know, I've been in. I was in the league ninety three to ninety eight. Uh, Jason Whitlock was here in Kansas City and I, and I always appreciated Whitlock mainly because I recognized what he was trying to do and what he what his intentions were it was to get viewers it was to get, back then it was the it was a newspaper it was to get readers so I would laugh at guys in the locker room like you know ah oh, tomorrow he said this about you Andre can't believe he's talking to you about like this. But guys would take it personal. Yep. And there were times, and, and I think Whitlock's even talked about it where guys wanted to fight in a locker room. And I never understood. Once you know the game or what somebody's trying to do, how does it get so far under your skin to the point where you you want to be in amidst the locker room and fight? But at the same time, what, what he failed to realize was we just it just bonded us more together mm-hmm. because what you were trying to insert wasn't really working except that you stirred some things up. Maybe you got some extra stories out of it, your own extra spin. But guys, the family bond, not just in the locker room but amongst the league, is stronger now than it's ever been. It guys is. are working out together. Guys have the same agents. They hang out together in the offseason. So when, Le'Veon, when Chris Jones calls Le'Veon Bell – Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't feel like he got slighted. Nope. Daryl Williams doesn't feel like he got slighted. Nope. Darwin Thompson doesn't feel like he got slighted. Chris Jones took advantage of a relationship and courted a really, really good player that can help them get back to the promised land, and I think is great. So all you fans out there that believe the media spin on a lot of stuff and the strife or possible strife or issues in the locker room or the anonymous sources like Joe talked about, Keep listening to Players Only. We're going to give you the real. Yep. Because that's not what's real. But when we come back, we got the fourth quarter, and we got to talk about this Chiefs-Broncos. Even though the Broncos ain't beat us uh, since Peyton Manning was quarterback, we still got to talk about them because they're coming up.
1: This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.
2: And we're back fourth quarter. Right in front of us. Barbershop, Joe Mays, I'm Danon Hughes. Players Only is back for the fourth quarter. Spon- sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Well, guys, we got the Broncos. And we're heading up to the Mile High City. It's going to be a balmy 21 degrees with snow on the ground. Yep. Against the Broncos, who looked fairly good last week against the uh, Patriots, got the win on the road in New England. I think it was the first time in I don't know how many years, probably just as long as they've lost here in Kansas City or they've lost to the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, the Broncos, and I go back to my old coach, Marty Schoenheimer, who used to say, you win at home and win in your division, and you play in January. Still remains true. Don't know if many coaches still say that, but it still remains true. And they got the Broncos, especially with one loss, one very rare loss against the Raiders. And uh, in that column, what's your thoughts on this Chiefs Broncos matchup?
3: Uh, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the Chiefs bring this this Broncos team back down to size. Because of course, you know you beat the you beat the Patriots. You feeling real good like that that's that's like thats like a win that, that kind of get you jump started a little especially bit especially on the road yeah especially on the road in in New England yeah that that gets you jump started they they get the blood blood boiling and you get a little bit of confidence back in that building but they they got to come here they I mean of course we go there it's going to be cold whatever the case may be but you got to bring this team back to sides cuz if you if you allow them to continue to have that confidence it's going to be those just those little 50-50 plays that go their way and it's going to be that extra moment, momentum that they have just from them being on the sideline, going crazy. They they may even have fans in the stands. This, are they going to have fans in the stands?
2: I haven't seen it, and they would be crazy to be there. It'd it's twenty one degrees in mean, snow.
3: It, but the thing is, the, <laughs> the people out there love their Broncos. True. So you know, if they do have, have fans, they're going to Bronco. have fans. Yeah, I'm for yeah. They they the fans love their Broncos. Yep. So if they if they do allow fans, they're going to have fans in the stadium. But I think overall, the biggest picture that you can possibly paint. Is is bringing them back down to size and 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 making them know that they are one of the bottom tier teams in the NFL today.
4: Well, real quick, you know, I always talk about you know you never blink at distractions. You always use as a, as an opportunity to grow, and then I always talk about losers, right? Losers focus. They're, they're worried about winners.
3: <laughs> There's no such the thing sound as effects
4: on this, Julio. When you're a losing organization, you Socrates. worried about winning. So so yeah, the Broncos are worried about the Chiefs. The Chiefs ain't worried about the Broncos. When you're a winning team, you focus on winning. Yeah. So we're just looking at different ways to grow, grow, grow the offense. We got a new, uh, what Coach recalled, called, a new flavor.
3: A new flavor. A new
4: flavor. new flavor that, in the that, air. Ex- that's a great way to explain what Le'Veon Bell is going to do to this offense. Just a new flavor, you know, uh, uh, a new chapter of this offense. So just to see how he's going to uh, grow in this offense. And it's just exciting, brand of ball. And I think everybody wants to see exactly how – The Chiefs offense is going to attack this defense. And then obviously our defense, um, just another week of of fundamental football. I think the thing that people didn't realize last year is our team each year spends the first 10 weeks playing fundamental. It's something different we're working on. And against the uh, Raiders, it was off man. This week, past week, it was press man. So it's a different phase of the defense that's being worked on week after week for 10 weeks. And then after week 10, we start to nail it down. We start to tighten the bolts. Yep. And you get to see a whole different brand of football. And whatever the record is at that point, we're looking at that last push through the playoffs and the championship. And that's what I'm waiting to see for the second half of the season. But until then, we're going to focus on winning football.
2: It's amazing because from a fan perspective at times and definitely from the media, they jump on and off the ship like 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 they, uh you know, at a swimming pool and a diving board. I mean, you know, we go from one week or the first four weeks, this defense is incredible. To have one bad week against the Raiders, it's terrible. Now we got we come back and and shut down Josh Allen, and it's great again. Like, Barbershop, I totally agree with what you said. It's always a work in progress with this Chiefs team. And before we get to the keys, I want to get right back. A lot of texts coming in. We really appreciate you. We got one from the 816. You guys are good. And funny, love the show. Woo. Appreciate it. We're, I'm glad we're here here to amuse you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you funny that. like what? Like Goodfellas. All right, there's my Goodfellas take right there. there. Jersey, I Jersey in the house. I understood that. Yep. All right. Nine one three K five KC five straight at Mile High Arrowhead West. True. I believe it. Nine one three Reed mixing up new plays always. Always. Always like the mad scientist. Uh, of the offense, and, and that's what makes it so fun to watch. 816, do you think Bell gets used more in the passing game or the run game and how long before he really gets fully involved in our offense? This week? This week. That's a, I mean, he's going to have his package, and then it's going to continue to grow, but it's not going to take away from Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the running back of the future and the current for the Chiefs. Bell is going to have his role that's going to add to it.
3: Keys to the game real quick, Joe. Uh, establishing the run game like they did this past week. I think if they come out, establish the run game, take some of that clock out, allow to de- allow Denver to try to
2: uh, load the box, and then you hit them deep. shop.
4: Play to our strengths. Eliminate mental errors, penalties, and turnovers.
2: And from the wide receiver in the house, the Chiefs, big plays. we got to take the top off of defense. At yep. some point, they're going to give it to us. we got to be ready to take it. All right, that's all we got for players nobody only this nothing week, about guys. Defense, though nobody said nothing about defense. That's hey, that's, that's a mean, great way to end the that's show. That's a great way that's to end the show. End the show. So. Julio, <laughs> thanks for everybody coming out. We didn't need to talk about the defense. It's perfect. Yep. Players only. Appreciate your barbershop, Joe Mays. I'm Danon Hughes in the house. See us next week. Peace.
1: This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Joe Mays on 610 Sports Radio.